Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, hello. This is Logan Murdoch. Welcome to the Running Plays podcast with Kareth Burke. We're here in like a plush green room kind of thing. Can you our, hear like this our plush? makeshift studios in, in Chase Center. It's I'm a on vibe. Kareth chair. has like that voice you hear is Kareth Burke, by the way. We're, she's in like a little luscious chair, a little leather bound chair. It's fire. Um, but we're here at the halfway point of the season, Kareth Burke. I know. That's weird to me because I can't tell. Time time is a little funny, Logan. Sometimes it goes by quickly. Sometimes it absolutely crawls. Yes. And that's not even with this season. That's just in life. Yeah. So I don't know. Halfway point of the season? Okay. It's funny to think okay. that in January because usually people will equate the halfway point of the season to All-Star break. But, yeah. Um, it's a little earlier than that. We're, yeah. we're at the, right at the time. And there's a lot to get to at this point. Yeah. Um, that Mavs game was number 42. The Memphis game on the road was number 41. So technically that was on, you know, the halfway point. How did Memphis treat um, you? you I like I like Memphis. Okay. I I, I do. How <laughs> was that but like it was a I, for full disclosure I did not make the tr- it was a two game trip coming up. I mean, two game trip that they just came back from the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I only went. To, it was L.A. Memphis. I only went to the L.A. portion of that trip, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Kareth did both because she's a G. How was Every how was that single trip game. for you? How was that trip for you though? It it's a fine. weird trip. It is. Usually you start east and then you fly home. So usually it would be like Memphis, stop in L.A., come back. So it was kind of strange just to go the other way and and have those two extra hours or like lose those extra lose those hours. You know what I mean? But it's fine. It's just a two game road trip or whatever you have to do. Um, I'm mad I missed the Memphis Grizzlies jersey night. They had the throwbacks, the Vancouver Grizzlies throwbacks. I yeah. was mad I missed that. Yeah. But no, it's a good look. It was a good crowd. I mean, and every team, every team 
has been smacked by the Warriors in history in this five-year run where they made yes. the finals for five consecutive years. So every team in turn wants to kick the Warriors while they are down. Mm-hmm. So in that way, the Warriors are still getting every team's best, even though it's a season of struggle for them. Um, and that's why we've talked about how the margins are so slim for the Warriors. Like, every guy needs to have a good game. The turnovers need to be low, and the defense needs to be good every yeah. night. You know, before they could fudge it a little. Like, somebody could have an off night, but they'll pick it up with, like, ten threes or whatever and a half. Yeah. And, like, they just had a way to kind of to cover it. The season's a little more tough. So it is tough to see the Warriors get loss after loss after loss. I know it's been tough for fans, but at this halfway point, I feel like there are some really good things to talk about, like the way that guys have emerged, um, the way that Marquise Chris will be back. Uh, what do you know about that, Logan? Uh, Marquise, I mean, Marquise Chris will be back. He's going to be on a two-way deal. Um, it's something that's kind of been in the making since he got cut. Monty Poole, the OG, reported on this a little bit. Marquise Chris actually told um, NBC Sports earlier this or last week told me actually that you know he would be open to coming back. I think there was he always also said there was conversations between him and the front office, but wouldn't divulge those conversations. But mm-hmm. I do have an inkling that he knew that this was just all a part of the process. So I think he's in the Warriors' long-term plans, at least for the moment. I um, think so too. And he wants to be a part of this organization, and that's something that um, you know he's expressed, and the Warriors have both expressed. So. I think we'll see a lot of Marquise Chris going forward in the immediate future. There can be a lot of BS in sports when it comes to the word loyalty. But I think when the Warriors see the work that you do for them and when they communicate with the player, here's what we envision for you. Like I think Marquise would understand that it was business that – to make room for Damian Lee. And we talked about this on the last podcast, like why it had to be Damian Lee. I think when the communication continued with Chris, they're like, you still fit in our plans. You have done wonderful for us this season. Here's what we can do for you. you know. And it is like some kind of solution to keep him in the system, um, to help him continue to kind of pay his dues and, and, and build his name and, and do good things for this organization. And I think they will find a way, like you were saying, to reward him either at the end of the season or like something in the future for because sure. he's done really well for them. So loyalty actually the the warriors will take care of their own once you get in the circle i think definitely and they also like they want guys that are one really young and one really two really good and three that can i don't know lack of a better word that are cheap at the moment honestly affordable, affordable. is the word affordable. I, I hate i hate i know i don't that. like the word cheap i know but I don't affordable hate using, i hate using cheap even affordable and putting dollar sign on these players but anyway but yeah um they have someone that can fit into their salary cap going forward mm-hmm. uh, long term so um i think that uh this is a big nice pickup for them and we'll see what happens but i'm yeah. i'm happy for marquis yeah a young exciting flashy big with a little bit of a little dog in him you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Draymond loves him yeah loves which is a good him. sign yeah Yes, all right. Uh, GR3 has been good this season. Um, yes. He has better games than others, but he is he's shown that he's a shooter. I think he's shown yeah. that he's a good decision maker. There's a reason why he has started nearly every single game. He started the most games for the Warriors. They trust him. Um, Omari Spellman, as I just think about guys at the halfway point, Omari has been huge. He no has more, reinvented yes. himself. Remember when Steve Kerr said he is like a different person? Like yeah. literally, you know, 50 pounds lighter, doing the work to have these great performances. I like the spirit he brings to the court. He's my favorite player to watch up close, just watch his face. Yeah. He can't hide any sort of emotion whatsoever. There's no faking in him. Yeah. Le- like I think that um, I remember when he picked up when the Warriors picked up his option. 
mm-hmm. and um, he had the paperwork in his locker room, mm-hmm. and he was so excited that somebody mm-hmm. took a chance on him. And this was early; we didn't really know the October. What, right? This is October, and we didn't know what Amari we were going to see. And the Warriors stuck with him, and he was so elated. Mm-hmm. He was showing people the paperwork, like, "Yo, look at this! Look at yo, yo!" It, look, yeah. look, look. Somebody I'm, believed. Somebody him. believed. He didn't him. have that in Atlanta. He did not have that in Atlanta, um, and so I think that, you know. If you ask a lot of players around the league, what is a uh, you know a big barometer for success? And a lot of that has to do with organization. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of talent in this league. We know that. But um, and the Warriors have shown, at least in recent years, that they can develop and be a good organization. So um, a first-class organization. And I think that Amari is kind of the beneficiary to that right now. Fit. Fit is so important right there. You can be the right player for somebody, but if you're not in the right situation, it's not going to work out for either party. So congrats to Omari. He's been one of our favorites. Alec Burks. Yeah. One Alec, two Burks. (laughs) Yes. He's had monster games off the bench. Every now and then he's sprinkled in as a starter, depending on injuries or matchups. I don't really know what else to say there about He's been like a surprise of the season. Especially when they need. The Warriors have one of the worst offenses in the league. But in saying that, they need a guy like Alec Burke to score night in and night out for them, mm-hmm. to even for them to have a chance. And on most nights he's done that. There's been enough, some nights where he's kind of, you know, he's hasn't been that for them. But for most most times, he has provided 20 points, uh, yeah. provided a boost offensively, and it's been a, been a big help. I think about that game in Memphis in November. Where you know he was, I think that was like one of their own, a cup, one of their only blowout wins of the season, and he was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he's been a really nice piece for them, and he's upped his value as well. Yes. All right, we've got Eric Pascal, one of the brightest rookies in the league. Yeah, um, Eric Pascal. Um, he's. I hate using this because I feel like it's getting redundant, but I mean, he's in a bit of a a wall right now. He's um, not as good as he was the first month of the season, but. Still a really good basketball player. Still really somebody that um, the Warriors can build with. Um, you know, even I saw some plays he made in L.A. where, you know, an and one when the Warriors needed, absolutely needed. Um, he makes a lot of great plays, and he's a great defender. So, um been a really good season for yeah. him. Yeah, well, and there's a give and take, too. Like, earlier this season, he had to play more minutes. That's more opportunity. There's always, like, a give and take. Yeah. And then he had the two hip injuries, one on each side, uh, just with some soreness. The other one got bruised. So little little nicky-knack things that have kind of um, slowed him down a little bit, too. And the respect that he's getting from defensives now. You know, to game plan for a rookie is a pretty big deal. But he can bully ball down low. He's not afraid. He leads with that shoulder, and he gets to where he wants to be. That's the rim. Um, so I think teams are being tougher on him as well, like all yeah. to his credit. Um, Damian Lee uh, earned a contract. Yeah. He's a really – I mean, it's a long time coming for him. Um, we talked about him extensively last podcast. The thing with Damian is – He's a ready-made player right now, a ready-made role player. And I'm curious to see, because a lot of these guys on this team that are doing good are, when they do have good nights, they're taking the brunt of the offensive load. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how they are in, role, in roles when um, Steph and Clay come back. Yeah. Because that's going to be, you know, the biggest test for them. Like, how is how is uh, Pascal going to be when he has to take a step back? How is Damian Lee going to be when he has to take a step back? I don't know if – 
Burks is going to be here next year. Mm -hmm. um, but how is he going to be when they need him to take a step back? So I'm curious to see that going forward. Me too. And and to that point, it's like the give and take because if Steph and Clay are back on the floor, well, then their gravity draws the defense, which could make other opportunities for D. Lee, for Burks, for GR3, for whoever is here. Do you know what I mean? In some ways, it might be easier for them, would mm -hmm. you say? Their minutes won't be as strong. They won't be as tired. Like, when they get in games, can you imagine if Steph is drawing a, a double team and then he, you know, he gives it to you yeah. and you've got a wide-open corner three right there? It's going to be a lot of more catch-and-shoot for those type, for mm -hmm. those guys, especially GR3, who is taking, you know, he'll, he'll do the, he'll get the, give you the corner three, but also is give you the pump fake in the, in the mid-range game. Mm -hmm. Now it's going to be more so catch-and-shoot opportunity, so I'm curious to see how that goes. Alright, so halfway point in the season, um, I think we about summarize it, checking in with each of these guys. There's one more guy I want to check in with, and it's D'Angelo, because to some degree what we've seen from him is he can get hot so quick. Yeah. But a little bit, I'm not quite sure yet, because he's playing in a, a strange circumstance. Um, you know, without Steph beside him, without Clay beside him, um, Draymond's missed some games. He's missed some games, of course. It feels like there's been trouble building consistency. So we see his raw skill. He is a shooter. Like, he can attack the basket. He can change the course of a game. But I still want to see – I'm still not quite sure who he is as a player. Have we seen, like, 100% of what he can do? No, we, we haven't. I think that – we probably did last year in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was an all-star season. Yeah, to a certain extent, but um, I think he's still finding that right now. He can score Whew. so well, man. <laughs> and, and I think Memphis was a big uh, – the last game in Memphis was a big uh, display of that where you know, he had 17 points in the second quarter, keeps the team in the game. Mm -hmm. And um, But, you know, there is some question marks. He still has to improve his defense, still mm -hmm. has to improve um, things like that, but – Dude is a scorer. I think he's only what twenty three years old. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I think he'll be fine in the long term. But he's he's still in that stage where he has to figure out what he's going to be. All right, let's turn the page because some big news this week was the WNBA reaching their collective bargaining agreement, and Logan got a money interview. You want to tell us a little bit more about who you talked to today? Yeah, I talked to Laysia Clarendon, who is the first vice president of the WNBA. Uh, the, how do I say it? the WNPA? Players Association of yes. WNBA. Yeah. Um, she is she is the uh, first vice president. She was firsthand in negotiations for the CBA, which has a lot of uh, – we'll talk about it in the interview, but it has a lot of concessions for the players. Um, players top players can make nearly half a million dollars now. Which is huge. Which is huge. <laughs> Considering what it is. Yeah. It was like can, 73 uh, for rookies, something yeah. like that. It was very low. And on average now, um, players will make at least six figures. Yeah. For a professional athlete in America playing a major sport, wow, good, overdue. It's a big step. Still, not a, still a long way to go for them. But yeah. big step. Um, also, they get their full salary when they go on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that they only get half mm -hmm. at, at before we talked to uh, Lasia. And um, also one thing that I really have mental health, m mental health awareness, and they also have um, also have domestic violence classes. Yeah. So I was Just resources, resource, yeah. more mm -hmm. resources for them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I can't wait to, for you guys to hear this. this. is a really good interview. She was on the she was actually at the airport in New York and gave us some time to talk. So it's a really dope interview. And um, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. So, as promised, we have the first vice president of the WNBA, Laysia Clarendon, here to talk about the new CBA. How you doing, Hamza? 
I'm good. At the airport traveling, head spinning. I got a lot of good problems. <laughs> yeah, are you are you like you're fresh off of the announcement, Good Morning America and all that, right? Yes, in New York, heading back to uh West Coast, the best coast. Yeah. Yeah. An end but a start with a lot more work to do, but good announcement today and just doing a ton of media. How has this day been for you guys? It's been awesome. A little surreal in some ways. Like I almost didn't realize like the weight you're carrying when you're fighting for something like this and organizing and, you know, basically doing social justice work on the ground and, and yeah. negotiating a collective bargaining agreement. So a weight definitely feels lifted of just like, oh, we can breathe, like we did it. But it also still feels so surreal, like, wait, we did that? Like, we got that many things? Like, we crushed this deal. Yeah. So shock, surreal, but also just like awe. And I don't even think we realize, like, the impact this moment is going to make throughout yeah. history. So let's talk about the deal a little bit. You guys have a 53% increase in total cash compensation. You have uh, top players can make an excess of 500000 um, mm-hmm. Other players can make between 200000 and 300000 And even money aside, you guys have made uh, – they make concessions for, um, you know, you can get your full salary if you are pregnant. And you guys have also had counseling for mental health and domestic violence as well. What is the biggest thing that you are proud of in this um, collective bargaining agreement? Oh, that's a hard one to say. I, I think I'm really proud of how much this deal is good for everybody. So it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to fight for the top players to make, you know, in compensation and salary a half a million dollars. We're going to fight for just for moms or just for hotel rooms or one thing. But we thought in a way that benefited everybody, like salary, everyone's going to get a pay job and like everyone gets their own hotel room. We were trying to be like as inclusive as possible and in changing like the player experience. So people can just have like a much better professional experience and have their dignity restored. I think is the other thing I'm really happy about. Like we're professional athletes. We deserve to be treated as such. We're the best in the world at what we do. And so I think this deal really restores the dignity of a lot of our players in our league that we can go to work every day feeling like we really are the best of the best. And you guys also will have a 50-50 revenue split next season. Um, was that – that's that's exactly what the NBA has. Is that – was that ha- – were you happy to get that as well, specifically? We were – we went – looked at a few different models or ways to mm-hmm. approach revenue sharing. Um, and we know we wanted to partner in the league that, like, we're committed to the growth of this league and – Hopefully we eventually hit those numbers and knock them out of the park so big that, like, we're, you know, arguing over the table about the money at some point, you know. Um, But we definitely knew we wanted to share in that revenue as we already participate so heavily in the growth of the league by, like, doing media that we can, like, doing types of outreach. And so I think it just speaks to the partnership from our perspective as players, be willing to help grow the league and the league's ability to realize, like, okay, you're in it with us. You're going to be along for this ride and this fight that, like, you deserve 50% of the revenue when we really start knocking this thing out of the park. Got you. And as far as travel goes, can you give us a bit of a, you know, a peek into what it was beforehand? Because it says the new travel accommodations is premium economy class um, for all players in regular season travel and individual hotel accommodations uh, for every player. Like, I, we all know the travel perspective, but how is it mm-hmm. um, when you are put up in a hotel normally before this CBA was put into effect? So before this new collective bargaining agreement, if you were zero to five years of service, you had to share a hotel room. Mm-hmm. So Brianna Stewart, for example, MVP, still under rookie contract, would still be required to share a hotel room. 
incoming fresh or rookies number one pick like Sabrina Nescu next year would have had to share a hotel room. And so um, you'd have players that ha- would have to wait till you were a veteran to, you know, get something as simple as your own hotel room and that kind of dignity and privacy that we all deserve. We're tired, we're exhausted, we're traveling, we deserve that. And so um, that on top of you've got players of a lot of different size and shapes in our league and um, flying commercial flights where because of our CBA, I think it was maybe put in place as a protection to not have too much of competitive advantages with our league being so young, but it actually said in our CBA that you had to fly players coach. So that was one thing that even if a player maybe tried to fly or a team wanted to fly their players upper class, which a lot of teams, you know, you're, you're trying to always save the money, weren't necessarily looking to do that, but you couldn't fly them. And so now not only do we lift that, you know, ban to say like, you can fly a player first class if you want, or economy plus we're saying like it's required. And so that changes the experience from, getting your hotel room to being like, we're going to fly. You're going to have that extra leg room, that ability to board early. And again, just that dignity restored to be treated like a professional. And, and it makes a difference when half of our life we spend traveling in hotels and planes. Definitely. And when it, I, I did see uh Shanae, a woman, she said that um, there will be something about a, char- something about charters. You guys can't ask for a charter when need be. When is a charter available to you guys? So we're still working on putting more specific policies in place around when those would be. But you saw the league in the 2019 playoffs step up and charter both of the West Coast teams to the East. So they mm-hmm. chartered, like, L.A. to come out to play Connecticut. And so realizing, like, that's going to affect the product. You have a cross-country flight. You play in two days. Like, you need – you want your product, your players there rested. So on TV, like, the fans – everybody gets the best experience. And so we're still working out what that exactly looks like with the Chargers, but it is a really good faith action to see the late, the league start to step up and realize like, okay, we're not going to start charting everybody overnight, but there could be, and there should be certain exceptions to start to look into this more. For sure. And when it comes to motherhood and family planning, um, how important was that for you guys? And what would, what would it? What was it beforehand uh, when a player would get pregnant? Would their salary not be guaranteed? Can you kind of educate us on that? So before the uh, benefits for moms were fifty percent of their salary. So if they're pregnant, mm. still be under the cap. They'd receive fifty percent of their salary, and now that's up to a hundred percent of salary. So you're not money taxed. You're not punished at all for starting mm-hmm. or creating a family. Um, and we're kind of on the forefront of that. I think trying to be leaders not only in sports and women's basketball, obviously, but in the workplace, too. Like, this is something people struggle with in corporate America and all types of jobs that we see women, like, all too often being mommy tasked. And so that was a really important one for us. And that like, Kathy, our commissioner, was, like, on board with 100%. And then on top of that, we have a stipend for family planning um, just for people, whether it's surrogacy, adoption, firm donation. And as a queer person, this was something I was pushing from the start, too, to, like, Mm -hmm. we need to make sure this is super inclusive and, like, it's affecting, you know, if my wife wants to carry, like, am I still have accessibility to that? Because I'll be a mom, although I'm not carrying. Or, you know, there's all different things that can happen if someone doesn't want to carry and they want to adopt. And so just making sure we create a really inclusive policy that affects um, all types of women's and the diversity mm-hmm. of our league. And I think that policy really does also and gives us, again, a chance to be on the forefront with, you know, giving a potentially $20,000 in reimbursement in fertility care. It's like, that's unheard of. Yeah, for sure. And also, um, there's also, you guys are going to have classes on mental health, me- mental, me- mental wellness, I apologize. Mm-hmm. And also um, <laughs> domestic violence. Why was that important for you guys as well? I think there's just 
you've seen like Amani McGee Stafford speak out, speak out about mental health. You've seen uh, Liz Gambage last year. You've seen players like Kevin Love just talk about the importance of mental health in our league and as athletes, as human beings. And so I think that's something we definitely wanted to get on the side of um, making sure we're providing those resources for players um, so they can have the best holistic approach as possible. And it's something as athletes, like, we don't talk about the mental enough. We talk about, like, oh, the game is so mental, but then we don't actually talk about mental health and what that looks like and when it's not always, like, this pretty shiny thing that can mm-hmm. just be a tagline. And so I really am looking forward to the mental health initiative. And then with domestic violence, it's just, you know, the reality that, especially with, in a league full of women with same-sex partners that you just, like, people, it's just one of those issues that happen. And so we just want to make sure we have policies in place that, um, not only like make sure we're protecting people and of course people need to be, you know, disciplined or punished as, as needs be, but making sure we're taking a holistic approach in that as well as like getting people the help they need on, on both sides of the domestic disputes and not just punishing folks. Got you. And, um, as far as let's get to free agency, free agency, you guys have, um, and that's something we talk about privately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unrestricted free agency is available to players one year earlier than the prior agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and why why was that important for you guys? Why is the uh, player movement or the attempt of player movement important for um, the players? Always fighting. I'm always like, I'm on the rights so of anything and everything for the players. So ability right. to have more player movement, <laughs> particularly <laughs> – um, it's really important for people to have, I think, the opportunity to decide where they want to play and just have more access to, to player movement. And so whether it's because of your family reasons or the city you want to play in or the type of team, you know, super super team you're trying to build like the Warriors, um, yeah. you have the ability to do that. And so I think especially when we were under our old structure was that you could players could get cored, which essentially like even if they were going to be a free agent, you could lock them down. And they so mm-hmm. they, they could be stuck with the team for, like, a lot of their career and not have that ability to move. And, then, yeah. you know, on top of that, I don't want to get into, like, bashing our salaries, but we weren't making the millions either. So it's not like you're locking mm-hmm. a player in and not even really getting paid. So right. you're handicapping them, like, times two without, like, putting the handcuffs on them. So we got the increase in salary, which is amazing, but we still wanted to free up that ability for players to move a little bit more. And so we got the core down also to, like, you can only be cored starting 2021 for two times in your career, which mm-hmm. only could be locked down. And so you have more of that ability to move. Um, and then again, getting people off that contract a little bit earlier again. So they're not stuck on rookie contract for so long because you're not uh, making the, you know, big, big bucks and you have the ability now, I think to get off that rookie contract. Like if you're a Brianna Stewart or someone being able to get off rookie contract as an MVP, like you should be able to get that 215 K hands mm-hmm. down, you know, you shouldn't have to wait a whole nother season for that. Yeah. And why all of you guys have the uh, – you guys have made a collective of the WNBA changemakers, um, which brings businesses to, to you guys like Nike um, and AT&T mm-hmm. in order to make help women get jobs when they are in the off season. Wh- mm-hmm. What is the biggest goal for you guys going forward? I know this is a start because we know your off seasons are usually not really off seasons. You guys either have to go overseas or – try to right. find work. What is the ultimate goal for um, for you and the rest of the players about getting a true offseason at some point down the line as far as finances go? I think the true goal is to build this league so big that we don't even care to go overseas <laughs> like or yeah. have to go to make real money. Like this league is so popping that we're like, 
forget that. Like we'll go overseas for vacation, but we're not going over there to make the money and the livelihood that we need to make. And right. I think that's truly the goal that I really believe like I'll see in my lifetime. And we're going to continue to build on this next CBA is just that players can play in this league and enjoy it and be home in front of their families. And that this will be one of the best sports leagues in the world, not just like the best women's sports league or the just basketball is that we can build it to a point that, that's what it is. And players, you know, can if overseas is still existing and all that, it's great. And people can have the opportunity to go, but they don't feel so forced to go. And and I know, and, and I know that you are a um, you had a big part in this. Are you? How was how was it in the trenches for you, in particular, to for years trying to get this deal done? And what does it feel like to finally we're done? Man, it was a grueling journey and. I think it's one of the best words to use or exhausting in a lot of ways. Um, but it was also really an honor. Like, I think just about the history and the people who came before me who, like, even started this union. Like, we're the longest standing women's sports league. Um, and so the ability to have a union and to be in, to have had a league for two decades is, like, something I don't take lightly. And so I have a lot of feelings of, like, just feeling honored to serve in the way I've been able to serve. But then it also is like a serving. So it's being on these phone calls for two hours, like constantly it's been this negotiation for the last year and all the work we did before that to even make the decision to opt out. It's yeah. just a constant reaching out and communicating with each other, with the league, with our people, and then making sure our teammates and the constituents of the league understand what's going on so then we can make informed decisions on behalf of them and not just decisions right as the seven executive committee and like how we think it should go best like we were constantly reminded that we're the representatives that have been chosen to serve on this executive committee but we represent the whole body and so that was where things were constantly trying to take into account um so it was just an up and down journey along the way sometimes you know we felt like super unqualified or felt like i really know enough to be on this and like you know, showing up was enough, and we had really qualified, like, lawyers and people around us on our team along the way, but I think the fact that just the ability to show up was a lot in our league, and the players in our league really showed up and were super engaged in this deal. Yeah, you said that, uh, I'm quoting you here, you said, this means a lot for a league full of black women and women of color who are often underpaid for us to fight back and take this power back, to have this moment is huge. Now, you talked about your general. You talked about your uh, your executive council. Four of those seven on that council are women of color. How does that mm-hmm. make you feel that you can show the world that yeah, we have uh, we have a voice and that we can kill it the way you guys have done it. It feels really good. I mean, even having that as like a dark skinned black woman as the president is like phenomenal. You know, like Team Nigeria all the way. Let's go. Like it's just. It feels good to, like, see that reflection for yourself. Like, we know representation is everything, but, like, being represented in leadership is really important, too. And so having that in, like, NECA and just having the diversity in our league in general is phenomenal. Like, we have a ton of um, different types of people, international players. We have queer people, obviously black women. So to see a league full of black women finally be, like, truly invested in the way it's being invested in and, like, the way they're actually betting on us to be successful feels amazing and it's everything we've deserved because you know for so long like black women like make a dollar out of two nickels like right we mm-hmm. do like we go above and beyond with giving scraps and barely any types of resources and that's what it felt like for so long in this league like dang we're just black women they just expect us to make magic out of nothing but like now it's like no we're gonna truly invest in you and like see the beauty and the power and all that we're gonna market you as like beautiful black women in all of what that means and so it means a lot to me that the league is finally stepping up in this way and that we've 
had the voice and the power as women to be like, like, we deserve this. We own this. And that's taking that power back. That's, that's, that's good. I'm really, I'm really um, happy for you all. And, um, before we get out of here, I know you got to get – you have some other business to take care of in this off-season, your agency. How are you approaching that? Yes, I'm approaching it really, like, wide open. And being a veteran in this league, you know that, like, there's a lot of different factors that go into picking a place, location, salary, role, ability to win a championship. And having played on three different teams now, I've seen the ups and downs that come with different situations. And so I'm, I'm going into it super open, like, I'm going to – make the best um, decision for me and my family and be open to whatever comes. I'm super happy to be in this position right now. Cool. Well, um, we have to, I know this was very brief, but we do have to get you on the Running Plays podcast for, yes. um, for, for, for an extended interview, but I appreciate you taking the time out to, uh, to talk to us. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Hey, it's Tom Haberstro, your national NBA insider at NBC Sports and host of the Haberstro podcast. You are definitely going to want to listen to this week's episode with NBA guru Nate Duncan, who will lay out everything you need to know ahead of next month's trade deadline. Beal, 100%, and effectively for Simmons and for Levert, can't be traded until the summer. He also ranks, this is a good treat, the top 10 prospects in the NBA. So go download The Haber Show. That's H-A-B-E-R-S-H-O-W, wherever you listen to podcasts. That was Logan Murdoch with Leija Clarendon, the first VP in the Players Association for the WNBA, uh, talking about in depth there. Thank you for that depth, Logan, about the WNBA CBA. It's good for eight years um, one of the things I was so happy to see was that they will get 50% of the revenue starting in 2021. Yes. 50%, although it's a smaller pool for the WNBA, matches what NBA players get yes. 50%. So it's a quality and scale, which was very important, and I'm happy um, I'm happy the women bet on themselves. That was the whole slogan, right? Bet on women. Definitely. And I think that um, there was a lot of things that I learned even, you know, reading through it, also the Full CBA is supposed to go public sometime this week. Nice. So that'll be um, good to read through. But uh, there was a lot of things in there. And I, I really liked um, – we talked about this off off uh, mic uh, where we were talking about – Yeah, we can about, bring it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about um, – when Lasia was talking about how bringing queer um, and LGBT rights into the collective bargaining agreement. And by that I mean if there is a surrogate mother or if there is um, – you know, any donors or anything like that, she will still be able to take full maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so great to have a variety of voices in your collective bargaining agreement, including hers. So yeah. um, I think that there, there's a lot of great things to be said about this. And, mm-hmm. you know, women are continuing to be trailblazers. <laughs> there you go. One of the things that listeners might be surprised to hear, I know this caught my attention, but you hear um, the WNBA players talk about their travel accommodations. And this yeah. isn't grumpy players asking for more and more and more. They're asking for the basics. One of those basics is having a hotel room to themselves. Yes. Okay. These are grown-ass women. College players have to share, right, for budget reasons. For budget reasons. You are a professional athlete. You are a grown woman. You are playing. You are the best of the best. And you have to have a roommate on the road. Now they have their own bathroom. Brianna Stewart. Simple, right? Brianna like Stewart had to, had to share a room with someone. <laughs> She's the rookie of the year. And the MVP. Like, right. She had to share a room with somebody. Yep. 
I didn't know, like so yeah. I didn't These I did not things. know that part. Mm-hmm. I knew we all know about the travel accommodations and yeah. how bad they were. But, yeah. Um. I I had no idea about the yeah hotel. even getting say Delta Comfort if that's where you want to fly having three extra inches of legroom honestly makes a difference when you're at least six feet tall. <laughs> so yes, good for them. Yes, so as nice. someone who is over six feet yes, tall, yes, yes, so. that that United Economy Plus <laughs> is a plus. <laughs> there you go. Nice get with Leja. It was really nice to talk to her. Also, we want to take a moment to thank Lend- uh, Wendy's for their sponsorship. Shout out Wendy's. Odd. Shout out Wendy's. Um, can I tell you something that I'm really excited for this weekend? What are you really excited about? It's Clay Thompson's jersey retirement ceremony at go Washington Cooks. State University. Go Cougs! He loves. Loves Wazoo so much. That is my alma mater. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm going up there. Um, I haven't been back on campus in like a decade, and wow. I'm I'm really excited. And Clay, because he likes Wazoo so much, and I think this was a place where he was a California kid, right? I think a lot of places were trying to recruit him, but it, there was a Wazoo. You get to be out of sight a little bit. You get to play major basketball. It was the Pac-10 when he was there. Um, it's according to Bill Walton, Conference of Champions. You know how that goes. Conference of Champions. So he could play real basketball, but the setting was good for him because it's not like a UCLA. It doesn't have the same amount of attention on it. This right. is just me kind of thinking through why I, I believe Clay liked it there. He just got to ball. And he got to be left alone, which if you know Clay and how shy he can be, like crippling shyness that he overcame as a kid, um, he just wants to ball. And, and he got to do it there. And he got to play high-level basketball. I was reading that he he set the single-season WSU scoring record with 733 points his junior year. Yeah. So that's how many games? Like 30 games for a college student? That's major, huge. Yeah. Um, he was the fastest, sorry, the third fastest cube to reach um, 1,000 points. He led the Pac-12 in scoring as a junior. Just incredible stats. So he wore number one at Wazoo. So that will be the name, or that will be the number that rises at Beasley Coliseum. Um, for the Warriors, he was drafted 11th in 2011. He wears number number 11. Um, I was always amused by that. Um, but man, this, I feel like you got to see firsthand how much a Jersey retirement ceremony meant to Draymond. And I feel like those same feelings are going to just wash over clay and he's going to have the time of his life. We might get emotional clay. I think he might cry or I, I, I'm trying to predict the emotions. Did Draymond cry? First of all, Uh, did he share, did he shed a little tear? I think a little bit. Yeah. Not confirmed, but during the ceremony huge. or, like, kind of in the hallway after it? What do you remember? Uh, he cried, I think, during the ceremony. I could be wrong. Ah, I think yeah. He cried. yeah. I have a quick Draymond story, which is great. Okay, please. For that retirement. Yeah. I remember, we were, <laughs> I remember beforehand, uh, we are, I'm, I'm asking him, like, because I've never been to Lansing before. And I asked him, like, yo, what are some good spots to eat? And he, without hesitation, he's like, crack chicken in Lansing. <laughs> Crack chicken. What extra crack sauce? Okay. And he's like really <laughs> on me, and is like, he's and like, did says, you go? Did no, you go? Not even that. He's, I'm, we're texting, and he's like, did you go? Uh huh. Did you go? Uh huh. And we're at the, um, at the uh, Jersey retirement after his press conference. You know, he has a lot of people around him. He's, you know, being a superstar, Draymond Green as he is. He's walking out of the room, and he stops in his tracks right before he gets to the door and looks back at me, and he says. Did you get the cracked chicken? Did you? Did you get the? Ch- How was the chicken? I was like, it was great. It was phenomenal. You actually for real got it. I for real got it. Okay, good. Because if somebody gives you a recommendation like that, and, and you seri- don't get it, 
that is no 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 no. I got insult. it. Sent him a picture and the whole thing, but he had to confirm. Okay. Like, did you get this? Yeah, he stopped what he was doing, make eye How contact was with it? you. How was yeah. the chicken? <laughs> I was like, it was great, Trayvon. Oh my gosh. And then we walked out, but he did not walk out without getting it. Oh. So I hope you have a similar moment. With Man, I should ask Clay what his favorite haunts were. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, we lived in the same dorm. Um, just not at the same time. I was there a little bit before him, but um, it was Scott Hall. It was by the soccer field. It was kind of on the middle of campus. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a great spot. Um, the sunsets were awesome, depending on what side of the building you were on. You're like, getting a little nostalgic I here. I am. It's good. Actually, I had this story idea. I'm going to run it by the producer. I was like, I want to ask Clay, what was your um, what was your dorm number at Scott? And see if we can take a camera and go knock on that kid's 11. door. Do you know what I mean? Like, watch him, like, this is like, the idea in my head, but watch that kid just not be home that day. <laughs> just Saturday. knocking on the door like an idiot. Um, so, will Clay cry? We should make a bet. Um, I think he will. Or he will go speechless so much. Like, he will have a perma smile on his face. Um, yeah. I think he'll cry. It's going to be, you think, I kind of think he might shed. Just as he talks about how much it means to him, I think he'll get a little choked up and maybe not be able to speak for just a second. But happy tears. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited for this. So um, watch for that coverage. We'll have it for you. Hey, um, you know, if I'm not going to be at that game, because that's a game against the Orlando Magic, it's Saturday the 18th. Who's going to be at the, are you not? Are you not no, I'm not going to be around to do sideline. What's going to, what are we going to do? I don't. What have you heard? I think I'll. Oh, right, oh. Right. I think I have heard some some basketball player is going to take your spot. Who? I don't know. Who's I, coming for my job? Listen, somebody says it's a pretty big. De- he's a pretty big deal. Who could be bigger than really Clay though? So, Clay's like, already had his chance. This dude, Stephen Curry. Oh no, I've heard of him. Have you heard of him? <laughs> Stephen Curry. Brandon, our producer. Have you heard of this guy, Steph Curry? On okay, a Saturday game. He's taking your spot, dude. Ooh. I don't know that I can recover. <laughs> listen, listen. He, so he's supposed to do that. He's supposed to do that. Yes. How do you? How do you think this? This um. This some. I think he's a this shooter or something. Steph he's a Curry. shooter, right? This yeah. Some guy. All right. How do you think? How do you feel about this? Well, character? he's really gonna have to study the game. It's a tough job. <laughs> he's gonna have to know the storylines coming in. Yeah. Maybe he can study some of the great players. Maybe he can, can he be watch. as good as you? I don't. I don't. Um. Think so. <laughs> I can't even play long. Of course he can. <laughs> of course he can. Like Come maybe, on, what be a maybe character? He can, maybe he can study some of the greats, like Clay Thompson's uh, sideline day, just to see how it's done. So I push suppose. you out of the way. <laughs> Wait, yeah. we didn't talk about that. How was that moment okay. when you're like, I, who are you interviewing? Um, which day? Uh, when Clay came, he didn't push were, me out of the way. Who was the post game interview with? Oh, he did. It was with Omari. Yeah. That's right. I have no he idea. Like, he was, he was like, through. "No, I got this." He did. He did. I. You know, I so that what's was going through your mind? What's going through your I mind? I got my first question with Omari, and then I think Ray Ritter sicked Clay on me. Um, and when Clay comes through the mic, are you I've, sure I've got it was no Ray? I, 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 I don't know. Was it Raymond? Who did I, that? I don't. That's me. It was all happening behind me. I okay. couldn't see. I couldn't see. He was like, "I got this." But I thought you were asking. Like 30 seconds before I was supposed to hand things over to Clay for his stuff in the third quarter, he goes over and signs an autograph for a fan. Really nice. It was a fan who had, like, his Rocco shoes or something like that. And we had, and I was like, Clay, Clay, okay, that's cool, but we've we got to be ready for this. So, like, the clock is ticking. Like, 10 seconds left. Um, we needed to stand in a certain direction because the cameras were pointing, you know, one way. Maybe three seconds before we got on the air, Clay just turned around, just like had his back to the camera. And I was like, he was looking at something. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Clay, we're on, we're ready. And I almost like, it would be rude to be like, hey, I can't snap my fingers. But I was like, Clay, Clay. So I needed to really usher him into the spot. I needed to like sit him down in the seat. 
I made a point to say, here's where you look. Here is your oh, camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just wanted him to know, like, uh, here, here's where you look. Yeah. If you're going to do sideline, you have to address your camera, and here's what's going on. And, like, here you go, man, because otherwise, beforehand, he was just sort of interacting right. <laughs> with everybody. It was like, just focus for just this moment. Um, and it was more than a moment. He did tremendous. Clay was, that was some legendary stuff right there. All right. So, yeah. So let's see what Steph Curry brings. Uh, Steph is going to be the sideline reporter on January 18th. I'm going to be up at Clay's ceremony. Logan's going to be writing about the game, doing what he always does. And we appreciate you reading our stuff, watching our stuff, and listening to our stuff. This has been the latest edition of the Run and Plays podcast. Yeah. We appreciate you. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man. Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>